You've heard me talk about Morning Kick, used by former karate champion Chuck Norris. It's a daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike other green drinks out there, this one tastes similar to strawberry lemonade, and I enjoy it. I know I don't eat as many vegetables as I should, but Morning Kick has helped me make up for that, and I feel great. I have more energy and better digestion. It's an easy part of my morning routine. My wife started taking it as well. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Plus, every purchase is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, a boost of energy, and just an overall healthier body, then go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris today. Hey everyone, John here. I am uh, at a park down the street from my house. park that I like to come at night sometimes. It's really peaceful here. And think and talk and pray. And uh, I wanted to just share an update with those who are interested in kind of what's going on with me personally. So if you're someone who watches the channel or listens to the podcast for content, I don't really have a lot of content, though I will be sharing some of the lessons I'm learning uh, through what's really one of the hardest times of my life. And um, I just want to start off by saying how much I appreciate all the the uh, patrons out there who have uh, continued uh, giving to what I do and all of uh, you out there who listen and pray and uh, just send in encouraging comments and support so uh, I appreciate that uh, some of you know some of you don't but um, it's been uh, a rough week and uh, it, it really has kind of started last week with uh, carpenter ants had eaten out half my closet and um, there was some water damage because of it. And so I, I'm just now starting to finish that project up, but uh, I had to, to rebuild uh, half the, um, the, the, it was a, a walk-in closet attached to my kitchen. And uh, I think it was the very next day I found out that um, one of, uh, it really a family friend, but, but more like family. We, we were kind of adopted by this um, elderly woman. We called her Grandma Galately. Her name was Mary Galately. I found out she passed away. And, um, and, and it's, it, it's a sweet thing in a way because she was, she was older. She was, um, she, she was actually a month shy of 100 and had a really long, full life. And, and I wrote a tribute uh, to her that I posted on different social media platforms this afternoon. It's short. But I basically just say that we called her grandma because I grew up 3,000 miles away from my grandparents on both sides. And uh, I didn't know growing up what it was like to have my grandparents there for birthdays and stuff. And I love my grandparents. I mean, we'd travel back and we'd try to get in, you know, in a few weeks or a month what we could, you know, what, what we would normally do in, in a whole year. But... Um, and we kept in touch on the phone and stuff, but, but this elderly lady at my church, she was the church pianist. She let us call her grandma. And so we called her grandma Galately and she made us pies and, um, she was just there for us. She, she went to all my guitar recitals. She was really encouraging. And, 
uh, probably the most gracious person, one of the most gracious people I've ever met in my life, just focused on the positives, uh, did not draw any attention to the negatives. Um, she was an evangelist. She was, she just loved Christ. She's one of those elderly people who has that glow about them before they, they die, uh, because they're just so godly. So anyway, it, it was a sweet thing in a way, but we're going to miss her. And, um, I know she was kind of like a mother to my own mom and, um, and, and my, my grandma had, had died, uh, when I was young. And so it, anyway, it was, it was just a special time, but I didn't make it to the funeral. I was going to speak at the funeral and everything. And, um, I didn't make it because, um, because one week ago, uh, today, my mother-in-law unexpectedly, uh, passed away. And, um, I suppose I could say it wasn't totally unexpected in, in that she had some health problems and we didn't realize how bad her health problems were. Uh, but she, she passed away and we, we thought she was on her way to the hospital in the ambulance late on Saturday night, last Saturday. And we were hopeful that she was going to be fine. And then we just got the news at 2 AM that she wasn't. And, uh, this is of course a devastating thing. I believe she was 56. She was young and, uh, you know, she, she was someone who had a great sense of humor. I remember when I first met my wife, uh, <laughs> my wife and her siblings were so uncomfortable, or at least they were shy and awkward. And I was too, <laughs> um, meeting the family for the first time. And her mom, uh, Diana Romanek is her name, was uh, just really relaxed and she could joke and she just, uh, she was herself. And she was always that way. Uh, she really cared for people who were vulnerable or victims. She was um, a second mom to, I know, uh, other other kids. Um, There's two actually yesterday or two days ago when I was over at the house, one came over to just pay their respects. And um, both of them had been really saved out of very tragic circumstances because of Diana. And she was willing to sacrifice and fight for what was right. And so, um, so anyway, I, I just, I'll cherish her memory and the, the word that really I associate with her more than anything else is the word home. She loved being home. She, she lived really in a small town her whole entire life. She loved that town. She loved her house and she didn't really see any need to ever move from it. And I knew I could always find her there uh, at all times. And, um, of course now she's, she's in her everlasting home. And so, um, you know, both of these situations are, are people who, uh, knew the Lord. And, and so, um, of course it, it's hardest on my wife and, uh, there's, you know, it, it's when, when something like this happens, it's more than just even the passing of the loved one. There, there's usually all kinds of, um, other things that come up. And, and so it, it's just been an exhausting, uh, few days. Um, and, and there's some other things too, that, that I, um, that I don't need to share on here, I guess, just, just personal things with myself and my wife that, um, um, all good things, but just hard things <laughs> to, uh, to walk through. And, uh, anyway, I just, I just appreciate prayers, uh, for my wife, especially we've, we've drawn very close together through this entire time. And that's one of the blessings that I see in it. But, um, 
she's just devastated and um yeah so i i appreciate everyone out there who's praying who's uh just sending encouraging notes and all of that kind of thing and um i did want to say part of the reason i made this video i probably wouldn't have <laughs> but um there is a give send go set up uh for um uh, Diana's uh, funeral expenses because they have to rent a, a fairly large tent. She knew a lot of people. Her family's not really well off. And um, anyway, um, I'm just going to put the link in the info section. Anyone who's interested in that, uh, my wife encouraged me today to uh, uh, put the word out there. And um, so anyway, we're doing that. Um, you know, and the whole thing has just kind of uh, led to, I guess, thinking about changes, changes that um, changes that I, I know I've probably needed to make for a while. But uh, circumstances will will do that. They'll show you those kinds of things, and um, and circumstances like this, where you know you lose a loved one. You lose multiple loved ones, really. Um, they really show you uh, how hard it can be and, and what truly matters. So anyway, um, I'm just going to tell you a few of them because they may affect the, the podcast and my online presence. And I know many of you support me. Some of you support me on Patreon. And uh, I just want to give you a, a little bit of an idea of what I'm thinking. And you can certainly provide feedback. Um, I've realized something personally about myself and I've been lonely for years. <laughs> um, it's hard for me to admit that a little bit, especially as a guy who is pretty, views himself as pretty self-sufficient. And, you know, I, I joke with my wife quite a bit that I don't really need anyone, that I'm, I'm good. Um, it's just not true. And I think it's been about five, six years at least that I felt fairly lonely in, in many respects. And, and there's been times when I, in between, in that time that I've had friends and it's, but I would say lately, especially since I moved back to New York, I have, um, it's just been one thing after another. It's just been, I, I've just felt like I've got huge projects and I've got places I need to go and travel and things I need to do. And, um, just, just so much even behind the scenes stuff. I prioritize that and I didn't realize I was doing it, but I think I did it even in some ways above my own church family. Uh, I went from someone who was involved almost every day of the week. Well, not every day, but many nights of the week involved in ministry stuff to someone who went on Sunday. I was involved. I, I do. I, I am. I, this isn't a confession time. I don't know why I'm saying all this, but I, uh, I, I, I am involved in like music ministry. I run the the, the music ministry at the church I go to. Um, I do some pulpit supply every once in a while there, and at my wife's uh, church she grew up in. So, so I am involved in stuff, and, and um, I was at least for the first half of the year uh, going to a college career group. But even that just it, it became so much for me to help out with that that. Um, I, I started prioritizing online stuff more and I realized I was in sin. I was, I, I think I was in sin and I don't think that's too harsh of a word for it. I didn't realize it. It was ignorance in some ways, but 
um, I preach on this podcast how often think local, love the people in your community, uh, be the person that, that you need to be for them and, and focus on the small. And, and I realize in my own life, I haven't been taking that seriously, not like I should. So I've been talking about this with my wife. That's one thing I need to change. And uh, I, I actually, I have the title at the church I attend. I'm, I'm a pastoral intern, technically. I have that title, but I haven't done a lot of pastoral intern things. Um, I, I mentioned a few things, but I, I know that I need to devote more attention to that, especially if I see myself long-term going towards the pastorate. It means that the podcast stuff, well, I'll just let you know what I'm thinking on that, I guess now. Um, I think there's going to be less episodes, but I think they're going to be better quality episodes. I'm really focused on putting stuff out there that will, will help you, but also help people in my tangible community. That's what I want to do. Um, I have seen so clearly in ways that I have not seen in a long time how sometimes silly, and I'm not getting down on anyone, just so you know, this is, this is just me talking, but how silly the Twitter stuff can be sometimes. And I, one of the things that I'll probably do actually is get off Twitter. Um, I, I just, someone posted, I, it doesn't matter who or what it was, but someone posted something this morning that someone I respect, and I, and I haven't lost respect for them, but it was just, it was, it was the kind of thing that Twitter does to your mind. You wouldn't say this kind of thing in normal conversation, but you'll say it on Twitter. And it's, it's silly. It's just silly. Fake, so much of it is fake controversies. And it was so helpful to me during the social justice stuff to go on there and research what people believed because they would post what they believed or they post articles. And, and so I could look at like what Danny Aiken, let's say at Southeastern where I went to seminary was saying on Twitter and it would give you an idea of why Southeastern was going the way it was going. And, and, and that's helpful stuff. And I, I still think it's helpful for research and uh, for news and for a lot of things. I mean, and, and if you can, if you're someone who, you know, you're, you're good at battling on Twitter, you know, praise God and keep doing it. But one thing that um, I've just noticed for myself is I, I get in the fray too much and it gets, and I waste time on stuff that honestly, some of it matters, but some of it doesn't, a lot of it doesn't. And I think my podcast quality has gone down a little bit since I got back on Twitter too. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about Twitter, but I know um, some of you, that that's where you get a lot of your news information. That's how you connect with even my content. And I'm okay if my content, you know, I'm okay if the numbers on YouTube and stuff go down because I'm not putting advertisements on Twitter for what I'm doing. That's fine with me. Um, my, my wife was a little apprehensive about me getting back on it because she knew kind of what it did to me, uh, how it changed me. I was always in battle mode. And, and Rosaria Butterfield actually said something recently about that. She said she didn't think women were fit to be, or, or I don't want to misquote her, but it was something along the lines of, you know, it's harder for women to be on Twitter um, just because it's so, it's a war zone. And, you know, it's a, you're getting a lot of uh, attacks and it's emotional. And um, I don't know if a lot of men, though, can, can handle it. They, they, and we all think we can, but does it change us? Does it make us different people? Are we um, snarky in our normal day-to-day life because we're being trained that way on Twitter? You know, that, that's, the, 
that's the thing that I've been asking myself. Um, and I think if the more time I spend on that, the less time I can spend putting together good quality podcasts too. So, um, and, and also, by the way, I should say this too. I'm kind of tired of policing spam and inappropriate accounts on Twitter. So just before I started this, someone had posted in a group chat. Uh, I happened to catch it that they, they, that they, they have these likes on, on a tweet that they put out there. And I guess there were some keywords in it. I think they said homosexual or something. And it was two um, very inappropriate accounts that liked it immediately. And I, I, I wondered, I, I think they must be attracted to certain keywords. Um, but, and I don't know if it's because I use those keywords because I'm talking about those issues that they're attracted to my account. Uh, I don't seem to see it much on the TruthScript account, but on my personal account, um, I've just gotten tired of it. Uh, it's gotten a little better, but I it still, within the last like two weeks, I think I've, I've reported like three different accounts and, and I'm someone I, I haven't, I don't see it as it, it's hard for me. Like when I'm on a social media platform, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, anything, I want to go after those accounts aggressively. And I, I really don't like them on those platforms. And so I, I will like click on the account and I'll, sometimes I'll even report a few posts, but I'll report the account itself. And I want to make sure that the social media account gets rid of it. And I, I haven't had those problems as much on Facebook. I didn't used to have these problems on Twitter much, but lately I don't know what's going on there. Um, in fact, someone recently asked me if I liked an inappropriate post from an account that I reported and I did not. <laughs> Some of my friends think maybe I accidentally hit something, um, but I'm really careful with that kind of thing. And, and that also just kind of made me think, I, I don't, this isn't my job. I don't want to, I, I don't work for a, um, a social media company in Silicon Valley intaking complaint reports, but, but I feel the responsibility that if in my mentions, my likes, my follows, my spam, uh, advertisements, whatever, I, if I come across it, I feel the duty to protect, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a protector type, but I just, I feel the duty to go after it. And I, I just don't think it's a good thing, the, the, how frequent it is on Twitter. Um, I, I just don't want to be in, in those places. And so that's another thing I suppose that factors into it. And again, no judgment towards anyone on Twitter who, you know, you, you feel like you can handle that. You don't feel like you have the responsibility to report those things. You're maybe you don't see those things. Um, you know, and maybe you don't waste your time. Maybe you're not getting into silly conversations. Maybe, you know, you use it for the, the right reasons. I, I'm not trying to judge anyone else. And I, I just want to make that clear. It's, it's really just me personally. Um, and I mean, that's just, I guess that's the, the main reason. It's just, it's constant war and my pride gets inflated because of it. It, it more than other social media outlets. I don't know what it is, but, um, anyway, I wasn't planning on talking this much about Twitter. So sorry, sorry. I've, uh, spent too much time on that. Let me, let me talk about a little bit what I'm learning here. That's, this is, um, this is edifying stuff, I think. And this is what I want everyone to hear. I recently started just before getting, um, going through these trials. I started reading the Psalms every day with my wife. Um, it, I started because someone gave me, uh, a, a pastor in the local area gave me a book of common prayer and they have daily Psalm readings and I just got into it and I started doing it for myself. Uh, sometimes I'd listen to the chants online and read. And, um, and then my wife, then I just started reading it to my wife. And, and of course she didn't like the King James as much. So I got NASB and read the same readings in the NASB, but boy, 
it's just, um, it's grown our relationship. And I would say going through these trials over the last week and a half, some of those Psalms, David, it's like they come to life. They're in color. And uh, God really is good. God really is a refuge. He really does reward the righteous. He really does punish the wicked. Um, His ways are always good. And, And I'm reminded of these truths every day. And I think I'm going to stay in there for a while, uh, the Psalms. And um, I'm also reading through Nehemiah in my, in my personal time. But, but the Psalms, I think with my wife, have just been enriching. And so um, I recommend uh, maybe getting a 1662 Book of Common Prayer and, and doing the daily readings. They're, they're really, I mean, it's the Psalms. You don't need a Book of Common Prayer to do it. But uh, there's other prayers in there, though, that are also really good. So, um, so I recommend that. Um, I've also learned uh, a bit about growing closer uh, with my own wife through this. And, you know, I, I love her so much. I didn't, you don't think that you're, you can grow closer necessarily until you do. And um, just going through hard stuff like this does that. And uh, so that's been a, a blessing, I suppose. Uh, and I realized how much uh, my church family and um, just, just friends that I've, I, I haven't been in contact with for a while or, or I've, we just haven't talked a lot and how much they're there uh, for me. And it just means a lot. It really does. And uh, and all of you mean a lot too. Um, everyone out there who, who comments and prays means a lot too. Uh, but yeah, I am, I am learning a greater trust because, you know, every night this week we've gone to bed and we don't get to sleep. We just, we lay there till my wife will lay there till five in the morning sometimes. And it's, um, it's hard for me as a husband. I just praying the whole time that she go to sleep and then she'll go to sleep and she'll sleep pretty late in the day. It's just, it's hard when your mind, has, it, it, it's going through grief, right? And, and I've had grief before. I've, I've lost friends and tragedies. Uh, in fact, a good friend of mine uh, in a few days is the anniversary of, of a car accident. And, and so I, I but this, um, going through, I don't know what is different about this. It's not that it's worse or better. It's just different. I going through it with my wife, I think seeing my wife suffer so much is, is the hard part for me. So anyway, I got, I've gotten more personal than I was planning on and I can't help myself. Um, I guess the whole internet knows everything, (laughs) but, um, but that's okay. Uh, I just want to say how much, um, again, I've said it like five times, but I love you guys. And, um, you know, thank you for, for the support. And, and if, if the Lord leads, no pressure, but if the Lord leads and you want to contribute anything, um, I'll have the give, send, go link in the info section on this video. Uh, God bless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.